Hello, welcome to Trophy TV. I am joined in the studio by award-winning journalist. You are Joe Thomas, Everton's correspondent for the Liverpool. You are, uh, just facts, you are an award-winning journalist. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not lying, am I? You just won an award, so there no, you go. No, thank you. There you go. I'm getting the light stuff out the way at the introduction, Joe, because obviously... I'm trying what to ease me in. Yeah, 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 I'm trying to get myself out of this cobble I've got. Um, Obviously, Joe, the, the big story, which is you'd have to be living under a rock in the last few days to have ignored it, is uh, Everton's 10-point deduction mm -hmm. um, found guilty by a independent commission or found yeah, guilty of breaching PSR. Um, the 10 points is the hammer blow, really, I think. I think most of us thought there might have been an issue, but... Mm -hmm hoped it might be a suspended sentence or a fine or even even like a squad reduction of two players which has been used in the past or a transfer ban for a window. Don't think too many really thought it was going to be the 10 points that Everton have been given. So, I mean, what was your initial reaction when, it, when that ruling came out? I don't think anybody thought points initially. Mm. Then when that story came out, must be about 10 days or so mm. ago, saying that the Premier League had campaigned for that and pushed mm. for points. I think at that point we could start to see where the mood music was heading and I mm. think you know, dealing with the club, I think that they themselves at that point probably started to think, oh wow, this is gonna this, this could end up down that route mm. and as a result of that they kinda needed to mobilise a little bit. But obviously the the extent, the severity of that punishment, I mean it really is unprecedented obviously for, for top flight football. Mm. And it's unprecedented when you look at the context of punishments that have been handed out for other offences. Obviously, you know, Evan have made, been made an example of because they're the first team to ever kind of end up in this situation. Mm. But there are there is a track record of other clubs getting points deductions, including Portsmouth, nine points for administration. And, and I think that there's, I think some of the shock that's in relation to 10 points given to Evan has to be the fact that, well, administration is, given given the impact that it has on your local community, the football and pyramid, obviously the clubs that then don't get paid for transfers, the players mm. potentially don't get paid, the contractors, the business is caught up in the local ecosystem will set against that backdrop. You'd say that's probably more injurious to the integrity of the Premier League, mm -hmm. and yet Everton end up with a more severe sanction. And you know, as a result of that, I think that's where some of the shock lies. But yeah, I, I really was surprised when I saw ten points. Not necessarily that it was a point seduction, but I didn't mm -hmm. think it would go anywhere near that that extent. Absolutely, and you're right. I mean, Everton could have could have gone into administration and been better off, which mm -hmm. is the most craziest scenario. I think. You know that you can come up with the fact that like you just said it affects so many different people on so many levels people that lost jobs the football club people i mean some people have in the football club trying to be more prudent it's had to let people go but it would have been big job losses players wouldn't have been paid yeah. people who were owed money wouldn't have been paid like you say clubs with transfers and that's something that the premier league supposedly set up this psr to avoid it was on the back of portsmouth and what happened there um but clearly the thing isn't, I'm saying this, not you, isn't fit for purpose. It doesn't work. All it's done is create a huge gulf within the Premier League. And it doesn't help clubs quite clearly because the Premier League have reportedly been working closely with Everton for two years uh, and have still ended up, you know, shopping them, so to speak, or, or complaining about what was a, a payment to do with the stadium and stuff. Um, but in terms of an appeal, because obviously Everton have, have indicated that they, well they've they've started the appeal process mm -hmm. straight away. Can you, when you look at it, do you see 
this being reduced because 10 points just like you said if administration's like the the worst mm. and it would be a thing for most people how is this even bigger than how have the premier league or an independent commission ruled that this is the worst thing that's ever been done mm -hmm. in premier league history mm. because everton haven't won trophies off the back of it they haven't you know, being in Champions League and enjoyed all of that money. I mean, if you've watched Everton play in the last two years, <laughs> you won't have seen any sporting advantage whatsoever. Um, but is just quickly on the appeal, do you think there's a there's a possibility the points may be reduced? But there has to be a chance. I think from the outset, we have to understand that Everton aren't appealing from a position where saying they're innocent. Mm. You know, Everton admit that they've breached this. So there's a dispute yeah. between them and the Premier League as to how much they've breached it by, but mm. they're not turning around saying no punishment necessarily because we're, we're innocent. Yeah. So, so that, that's important to bear in mind. Where it gets really difficult to try and work out what's going to happen next is the fact, and I think it's a legitimate grievance that, that, that a lot of people have, including Everton, is that for all the, for all the depth um, and insight that's within that 41-page judgment handed down by the commission, there's no real explanation as to how they reach 10 points. Mm. There's a framework that's put forward by... Yeah, it's a suggested framework that was used for the EFL, where you know almost starts at six, and then you get f an extra point for every five million over the threshold you are, which would get to ten points. But strangely, the commission seemed to decline to use that, but then come up with the same answer that, that would have yeah. got. But the fact that they don't go into detail explaining how they got there, well, on the one hand, Everton will probably have grounds to appeal there because they say, well, without your workings out, we we can't see it. So how mm. can we say? How can you say this is fair? How can you you show how you've got there? On the other hand, they, you know, they might be fully confident that it's a, a perfectly acceptable sanction and be able to show their workings out to whoever asked, <laughs> whichever commission asked the question of the commission as to how they got mm. to 10 points. So, you know, I think that there must be a reasonable chance of having it reduced, but I don't think it'll be get any better than that for Everton. You know, mm. I don't think the nature of the penalty could ever change from deduction to fine or transfer mm. embargo mm. or even suspended because I think that there'll be a, a willingness, as we've seen from the, the commission in this case, to, to deal with this immediately and not have it as something that's hanging in over the future. You know, it's a, a sporting sanction that happens now. But I think the hope from Everton will be that the mitigating factors that they put forward get treated with a degree more, of more you know, seriousness and they get a bit more clemency. Mm. Uh, and also that they'll think that they have a grievance and the fact that the 10 points isn't really explained and hope, they'll hope to get that reduced. And that'll be the best case scenario, I think. Do you think there'll be there might be a situation where it will get reduced, but so say it'd be like I don't know six points, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but with four points suspended over this happening again, or do you do you not really think that because obviously they've put out haven't they now the Premier League it's clear that the clubs can be done again and mm -hmm. will be you know the they'll be looking at everybody mm -hmm. in the same boat now and whoever goes over it will be given this. I think they've thrown out this six mm. points immediately for failing it. So Everton are well aware of that. If Everton fail it again, the other six points is coming again mm. down the you know, next season or whatever. Do you think there might be the case of a suspended? Or do you think if it is reduced, it probably will just be whatever it's reduced by and, and you suck it up and see from there? Yeah, it's, it's impossible to say, really. Mm. I think um, you know, all that will matter to Everton will be that if there's a reduction, that it comes in immediately and whatever suspension... Mm. If, it, if there's a suspended element to it, then that's to be dealt with in the future or to be dealt with under other accounts. I guess part of it will probably be a case of what everybody who is who is invested in this, how they see prosecutions going in the future, really. They've obviously set a precedent. They've now seen the reaction to that. They know what's coming down in terms of the financial picture for lots of different clubs for you know future seasons. Obviously, 
you know, in the process of, they'll be soon in the process of assessing the last financial year and things like that. So I think it'll all depend on whether or not the independent commission is happy when the Premier League is happy with the message that's been sent already. Do they think it's been hard enough or do they think, oh, actually, look at the reaction, we might have gone a little bit too far. So mm. I think there'll be a degree of politics coming into it and PR, really. Mm. Um, I think almost, I, I think any change to Evans' punishment, if their appeal was to have any kind of success, will be more of a judgment on how this punishment has been received rather than on Evan, the weight of Evans' arguments, which mm. they've already heard. Absolutely. I mean, I think what's... It is the you know again you like you just said we have to be clear that no one's really sitting there going Evan they're innocent and they've been done in you know you you know what's happened to innocent till proven guilty and all of we know that Evan it's there Evan have have gone over the hundred and five million pound losses so therefore there should be an element of punishment I don't think I think most Evertonians would go okay we have we breached it. The club, we all knew that the club mm -hmm. wasn't being running in the way that we felt it should have been. So it's no surprise, really, um, that it's gone over it. But it is that severity of the punishment. Because I'll be honest, I expected the suspended points mm. thing. I really did. I didn't see that. You know, you rob a Mars bar and get a light sentence for it. I, you know, like I said before, if Everton had gone £150 million over it by spending, you know, buying four players mm -hmm. for like £35 million, whatever on top of it when people were going shouldn't really be doing that and me blowing it apart then I'd, I'd get that but the fact that the figure is you know 19 and a half million at a time when we're building a stadium there's a global pandemic I keep saying it there's a war between Russia and Ukraine which cost us big sponsorship money now you can bat them off and go well that stuff happens but global pandemic doesn't come along along very often building a stadium it took us 140 years to do our, you know, our hmm. what's our third stadium in the city, um, to build that, and obviously a war isn't an occurrence that happens all the time that stops, hmm. that takes a big chunk of money out of it. So those, for me, if you were trying to work alongside a football club, if you're the Premier League, I think you should have been looking at those scenarios and going, right, okay, I get it, that doesn't happen very often, that certainly doesn't happen very often. And that really doesn't happen very often. So all of these that go in the melting pot has probably made you overspend them, especially when they when it Everton are saying, rightly or wrongly, it pertains to the stadium, the tax on the stadium and, and how money was spent. An overspend during that period of what is it, six million a season? Mm. I think someone said it it equates to a six point five million a season. That doesn't seem like a massive sport and advantage to mm. me in a league where players out of League One can cost £6 million nowadays. and Yet, I think that's what's frustrated the football club, that these big things have gone on, and yet they've come up with the harshest ever penalty. So that's why I believe it would be something like a fine and a six-point suspended sentence, maybe carried over for two to three years, to, for Everton to continue to evidence that they're going in the right way, rather than trying to play you know, across the line. I think the Premier League would say, um, and they probably have some merit in this, mm. and when you're taking all those things into account, they'd say that there's already significant allowance has been allowed for things like the pandemic mm. um, and also the stadium as well. Obviously, the state, a lot of the stadium costs don't in, aren't included within the profit and sustainability um, calculations. And in relation to COVID, well, we've seen that Everton have claimed far more back in COVID losses mm. than any other club in the Premier League. Mm. 
And the fact that they've done that and still you know, only breached this by £20 million suggests that the vast majority of those ad-backs at the Premier League that Everton have tried to claim for have been approved by the Premier League. Mm. So they would argue that, you know, we are giving you so much leeway mm. and you're still over the limit. Mm. You've got to remember that concern for the Premier League starts with a £15 million loss over a three-year period. Mm. It's at that point that they start to step in and have conversations with mm. the club. So £105 million is a hell of a long way yeah, yeah, over that as well. Yeah. So they're saying, well, we'll give you a £15 million period, a bit of grace. Mm. And then there's a further £90 million on top of that where we can kind of have conversations mm. with you and, all right, you know, it'll stay behind closed doors and it might not be, be, be you know, full-on sanctions that you know, are going to come out in public and hit you immediately, mm. but you've got to be working with us. For having to do that and then still cross the threshold, I think that's why they think this is so severe. Um, what do you say to people who say, well, the £105 million, yeah, was at a time before inflation was so huge mm -hmm. like it is now. It's gone up and up and up. Someone done a calculation saying, well, if you've done it correctly and if the Premier League yeah. were working um, correctly and with transparency, that figure would have, have gone up to £140 million, mm -hmm. which is what it should be because when it was put in, we're in a totally different universe than where we were when that figure came in. Yeah, I think that... I think what we've got to be careful of a little bit here is mm. that a lot of the argument since Friday is focused on what are essentially financial technicalities, mm. you know, specifics of the rules, yeah. interest on loans, and whether or not those loans have gone to the stadium or whether they've gone to working costs. Mm. That's what a lot of the focus is. Yeah, on. Course, that's what yeah. the argument is. Crux of the matter is, was, did that tip Everton over the edge mm. or not? That and things like transfer levy and where that went, you know, the 4% that Everton pay on, on transfers or clubs play on transfers when, mm. they, when, when they make them, when they go to youth development. Now, that's where a lot of the focus has been. Yeah. But we're only arguing about those specifics mm. and those handful of million pounds here and there because Everton got so close to the threshold in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there has to be an acceptance. And I think, I think there's an acceptance from Everton fans. Mm. And it frustrates me because I don't think that fans of other clubs, when they're engaged in what about being criticised in Everton fans for their frustration here, is I think that there's, there's acceptance from Everton fans that this is a club that hasn't been run particularly well over Absolutely. recent years. And what this, what this penalty really is, is it's a judgment and it's quite a damning indictment on the excess of the Mashiri years, mm. the way in which you know, ambitions, the dual ambition of building a new stadium and trying to get into Europe were pursued. Mm. Lots and lots of money was spent without really much regard for the, you know, complying with the regulations. Obviously, yeah. it was trying to get Everton into a position where it's having success and then the success will pay yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we know the sporting performance went backwards rather mm. than forwards. That's one of the reasons Everton got into trouble. So I think it's, I think it's still really important to, to bear in mind that Everton are in this position because essentially they made themselves vulnerable by... Mm by not following the rules and by engaging in you know, what was effectively some risky financial practices over recent years because they got too ambitious, they flew too close to the sun. Mm. I do, however, think that, like what you said there, it is clear that Everton have been hit by a number of unforeseen and unpredictable circumstances. Mm. This is a unique period yeah. that Everton have been at their most vulnerable in. Mm. You know, Not only has this happened at the time when Everton finally came into a bit of money and tried to spend it, which made Everton more vulnerable. That could have happened at any time. It could have happened when Chelsea were trying to do it in Barcelona, mm. the same thing, or Man City. It happened when Everton did it. But a lot of those issues that have made things particularly difficult for Everton, it just had absolutely no forewarning of and couldn't really predict. And I know that 
there's an argument within the Commission and from the Premier League that a lot of these things are market forces and things that businesses should be aware of. But when you look in the context of Everton breached this the cap as high as it is by £19.5 million, they didn't need absolutely everything to go to plan to be compliant with the rules. They no. just needed one of these things. Mm. They just needed Richarlison to go for £80 million, not £60 because yeah, yeah. you know, as they hoped he would do, and they'd have been compliant. Mm. You know, they just needed, obviously, Russia and, and, and the invasion of um, Ukraine. Mm. Well, potentially, obviously, the, the Commission said they didn't see the documents say this, but there, the, you know, there was... Um, suggestions from Everton that they were on a particularly lucrative contract with USM yep. for stadium naming rights at that point. Yeah, well, that yeah, had gone, yeah. they'd have done all right. It's only really the sale of one more player that has mm. cost them. So, mm. on the one hand, actually, you know, on the one hand, it, it's bizarre given how much Everton have had to work with that they've got so close to, to actually being compliant with the rules. Um, and the extent of credit and mitigation deserved for that. Mm. But I do think fundamentally we have to also recognise that only allow the South in this position because it. You know, it went so far over the line in the first place, and yeah. and that's conversation that you know obviously we've had many a time <laughs> during the course of this calendar year on here already. Mm. So, um, so yeah. But bearing all that in mind, where have they come? Where's ten points come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, for all nope. for saying all of that, yeah. for all the conversations that we had, yeah. you know, it is. A, I think it's a perfectly legitimate grievance of Evans to go. All right, look, we're guilty. We deserve punishment. But 10 points? Yeah. Like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> Where's that? Well, like? You know what? You're right, because I'm speaking here and going, well, you know, yeah, we were 19 and a half months, but that is allowing the football club to lose £35 million pound a year, mm-hmm. which it should never be. That shouldn't be the no. safety net which you work. You should be trying to create profit. I get it. It happens. I get it. It happens sometimes, but we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be like, saying that's okay. That mm. shouldn't really be the business practice that we're in, and hopefully as we've moved forward and we've we've kind of evidenced it certainly on the transfer aspect of it we've we've moved into a better place in the last couple of years yeah. we haven't i mean i keep saying that the net spend over the last five years is net everton third from bottom in it you know and when you include close to gone down but even lower than them which is which is bonkers really in what we've spent because we lit even though there's a narrative out there from sensationalist you know sensationalism journalists that Everton spend all of this money. The reality is when you look at it, they don't mm-hmm. spend all of that money. And in fact, the net spend across Mercedes' time, I think, is only something like 180-odd million or something, or 190-odd million, which it's still a lot, don't get me wrong, but it's not 700 million, which we're consistently told we spend. Yeah. Um, but again, so hopefully Everton do arrest some of that and continue trying to work more prudently, because that's the only way the football club's ever going to improve. But... It is a it's a it is a mad one when you look at it and go ten. Well, where's the ten yeah, points come ten from? Points if come you're from. using the the Richard Master scale, which is what he he wanted in, then okay, at least you'd know where it's come from. Yeah. But for them to dismiss it and go, no, we're not using that, but then do something. Like, but even even using the Richard Master scale, you can't you can't round up. Which they have round up because nineteen and a half million ain't twenty million. So the four extra points should really have only been three. It should have been nine points. So they haven't even done what Richard Master said. So it is a bit of a weird one. Um moving forward then, obviously, I mean what what have you found Evertonians' reactions being and it, obviously there's thirty grand almost raised in or, or forty actually. 30 I mean, so yeah. thirty six thousand I've seen before towards banners and stuff. The United game's gonna have going to be tasty isn't it for that yeah, first game back it's going to be intense and I quite like the fact that obviously it's going to be 
4.30 kickoff under the lights on and Sky. live on Sky, beamed all over the world. I mean, if ever Everton wanted a... Yeah, Everton fans have got the platform that I'm sure that they want mm. to convey their emotions at this mm. ruling and to do it to a global audience. Yeah, this isn't a three o'clock at home, with all due respect, this isn't a three o'clock at home to Bournemouth or away to Burnley or something yeah, like yeah, that, where yeah. you know, you've got a small portion of a ground and a couple of banners. This is Goodison in all its glory, mm. isn't it? Like, so, I mean... You know, I think that that's I think that's going to be an intense uh, the atmosphere on on Sunday, and I, and I think that you know I, I think that the extent the severity of the punishment has galvanised the fan base, and you know we know how powerful it can be as a positive force, uh, and I think that in terms of the short term, um, I think the immediate impact is that this does create that siege mentality is Everton against the world. Sean Dyche will be using that with his players. Look at all the great work you've done so far this season, how it's been undermined by men in suits. That's, mm. what, that's what he'll say. Mm. And similarly, fans you know, fans in the ground, the nearly 40,000 Blues will all be there saying, you know, this is just the latest example of Everton being made an example of to, mm. you know, instead of other people. Um, so, you know, I think that would be quite a powerful force to harness um, you know, where my worry would be is if things don't quite go right on the pitch. Obviously, mm. Man United are very, very beatable, but they also have some wonderful players. Too, like yeah. if they turn up and win, and then they get a couple of suspensions for the next yellow mm. cards, the next games, and that mood could dispense that way. Is where it could hurt sporting performance. But to be honest, it, in 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 a, in a very in a very strange way, and I don't want to be flippant. You know, we've entered an international break with Everton, what eight points clear of the relegation mm. zone, and we're going to leave it with them in the relegation zone. Could only happen to but, Everton. It could only happen to Everton. <laughs> but, but, and as I say, not not trying to be flippant or, mm. or naive, to a certain extent, I think Everton as a club almost emerges from this stronger mm. because all of a sudden it makes it far easier for the club, the fan base, to unite as a force against the world, which is something that you know, we perhaps haven't been, haven't been able to see for mm. the past year or so and, and going back a little bit further. Uh, and I think that's quite a you know, I think that's a very powerful thing and hopefully... Hopefully, what I'll do is just spur the players on on the pitch, and also get a very, you know, powerful message across to the powers that be uh, during Sunday's game, and, and I'm sure after them as well. What What do you make of the cries for an independent regulator? Because obviously, this is something that's mm -hmm. come. I think there's a petition out there now demanding um, all fans sign it, not just Evertonians, just to try and get clarity. Mm -hmm. I think within this, what was a fantastic sport, so I think the Premier League decided to ruin it, which mm. that's my personal opinion. They've made it worse and worse and worse. Um but there is a there is a call for an independent regulator. I mean what and what do you make of people's opinion that this Everton are basically the sacrificial lamb to prove to the government the Premier League don't need an mm. independent regulator. That's I mean that's nothing new. That's been put out by quite a few Germans that Everton the sacrificial mm. lamb. I mean what what do you make of that take on it? Well, you know, I think it's fair to ask whether or not it's a coincidence that the Premier League handles out its harshest ever penalty, you know, precisely at the one time where it looks like it's finally lost a battle over whether or not an independent regulator will come in. Mm. You know, that is it one last throw of the dice? Well, yeah. you know, I'm Seems not gonna like say that. either way, yeah. but I mean when you when you look at the scenario and the the, the wider backdrop to which this commission has heard its case in, you can understand why some people might be willing to push that narrative. Mm. Um, you know, I'm more for an independent regulator. I, I don't see how it could be a bad thing. I think that I think one of the problems that we have with the current system 
First and foremost is, is the consistency. Yeah, we've already discussed 10 points in comparison to nine points of administration. Mm. We could go back further, and, and, and I know that you know fans of these clubs don't like us mention it and like to say it's not relevant, but you look at the Super League, the breakaway, obviously mm. they were trying, they were not trying to break away from the Premier League, mm. they were trying to break away from the Champions League. They would have mm. stayed in the Premier League competition. But by making the top tier of European football a closed shop, they would have completely undermined the sport and integrity of the English football pyramid. Mm. And we look at they got, essentially, each of them paid three and a half million pounds. And there's no, at the moment, there's no evidence they paid it, by the way. So, you know, so when you start looking at the consistency there, then mm. that's problematic. And I think one of, one of the problems with Premier League, uh, the Premier League as a regulator of itself is the... When you look at the commission's report, you, know, you would ha it would have you believe that all of this investigation into Everton is about protecting the sporting integrity of the Premier League. Mm. But everything the Premier League does, it may well be trying to protect the, the integrity of its, of its competition, but it's also trying to protect its own reputation as well. Mm. And you have a dual Prob you, have, you almost have a dual approach there where it's trying to be a fair and independent arbitrator but also trying to do what is best for its brand as well. Absolutely. And what's best for its brand will, you know... I'd say, you know... I know what you're trying to say, Joe. I'd say it's very helpful that they have some of the biggest sporting clubs in, in the of world course. continuing to have success. Of course. Um, you know, of course. I, I mean, listen, I'll say it. controversial. So. I'll say it, I mean... You know, I've seen Gary Neville done an interview with Richard Scudamore, who was the CEO, and talking about an independent regulator, he got very upset, very angry mm. over it. Um, but this is a fella who, it's out there, basically said, we can't afford Manchester United to be outside the top four. And they got 15 penalties the following season and things like that. So we know what they want to happen. It's like any, It's like anything. If you had a business where you went... If I do this, this and this, mm. we'll create more views and more money and stuff. You would do it as a business practice. The problem is when it's a competition, then that feels really unfair, and particularly if you're not part of the ones who they're pushing. And I, you understand why they push them. They're the biggest, they're the biggest clicks, the biggest eyes mm. for them to create the money. But when you're one of the other clubs within that, it feels unfair. It feels like you're getting push to the side to help these clubs be better. No one wants that. You want a fair competition. You want to go into it and think, I've got a chance of doing something. And I think the problem with the Premier League over the years is that it has taken care of the people who bring the money in mm. for it, more so than other clubs. We've got a, another vote this week where they're voting to give the, them clubs even more money, the teams at the top. Well, how can that be fair? And I would hope... It won't happen because it didn't happen at the last vote when the six were given extra money. I would hope the 14 other clubs who aren't part of the six vote against it and say, no, no, we all should get an equal share. They won't because they'll always be the one who thinks, yeah, but we'll break into yeah. that six and then we'll get the money. And I think that's what's gone wrong with football. But you're absolutely right. The Premier League wants to promote its brand. And this is why I guess from an Everton perspective, there's an opportunity to damage the brand here in terms of or highlight the unfairness of this punishment by the brand on one of mm. its stakeholders, one of its members um, with that Manchester United game. You couldn't have probably handpicked a better scenario no. to make, a, to make a, a statement because you've got the biggest club in world football or if not the biggest, the second biggest mm -hmm. club in world football, Sky which and every other channel beaming it worldwide like you said under the lights are for people are generally a little bit more angry anyway at that time 
and you've got this injustice that Evertonians are feeling. Like I said, not necessarily because we've been punished, because if we broke rules, punish us, absolutely. But it's almost as if, like I said before, you rob a Mars bar and it's your first offence and I give you the life sentence because I want to make a stand and say, look how, look how you know, I can bring justice to people and, mm. and all of this. That's how it feels. We've, we've broken rules. It's a first offence, as in it's a first offence that's out there and yet we've been given the harshest ever penalty, which is mind-blown. And, and we've got, and I know the cases are all different, but there's two very high-profile football clubs who are under investigation. Another one whose takeover is under investigation, but the Premier League have not, you know, was said in the House of Commons from Richard Masters, the Newcastle investigation's ongoing. Well, where's the results of it? Because mm. we've not heard it. But forget about Newcastle, but Man City and Chelsea are clearly up. City have had 115 charges and Chelsea have, owned up to all sorts and are under investigation and yet Everton are the ones who've been thrown under the bus almost mm. for this punishment and I know a lot of people believe this will be the only time this is ever dished out as well because they'll be taking on two totally different charges those other clubs and, and we'll get probably financial punishments or whatever so and that's why a lot of Evertonians are aggrieved but if you have got the opportunity to make your voice heard and with nearly 40 grand in the kitty um then I'm quite sure it's the, it's almost like you couldn't have handpicked mm. a better club to play against. Um, who would also feel aggrieved that their neighbours haven't been done, yeah, by the yeah. way. So we might get a lot of support for Manchester United on the day. But being beamed everywhere across the world, it, it is a good opportunity for Evertonian to at least let people know how they're feeling. Is yeah. that a, that's, a, that's the best, the most diplomatic way I can put it <laughs> um, in time for Sunday. From, I mean, you did just touch on it before we finished, but... How do you think Sean Dyke, you obviously yeah. you see him every week, you get, you're getting to know him a little bit. Yeah. How do you think he will react to this? Because this is obviously, for want of a better phrase, a kick in the bollocks because Everton have, like you said, we beat Palace. It was a great away yeah. win. We've moved. All our relegation buddies seen the thing of the past almost. Uh, almost, I say. But um, how does he regalvanise the players from this perspective? Because all of a sudden, they're back in the bottom three again. I don't think he'll need any help doing that, no. to be perfectly honest. Mm. I think, obviously, we'll have the press conference later this week, and I think we'll very much get a kind of a, you know, a, closed, yeah. a closed shop on that. It'll be, you know, or it doesn't affect the players and things like that, but behind mm. closed doors, I'm sure that he'll find it quite a powerful um, tool to help galvanise the players, I think, mm. really, and give him something to fight for. And it might be quite interesting because in the way in which Everton's season was heading, it, it felt like Everton's season was heading to kind of, just a, a nice mid-table, stable mm. season, the type of season that Where we could sleep in March, <laughs> we've all wanted for so long. Mm. Um, and what this does is it, it, it almost it gives something, it gives Evans something to fight for again, mm. which they might not have had very soon. Because if, if, the, if the club had continued in the same trajectory it's doing, and those in the bottom three had continued, well, you know, you you'd get to a point where you're safe very early. Well, well, now I think he'll be trying to use this and harness this and say, look, it is us against the world. Mm. You know, you're worth 14 points. He'll say, I think you're worth 20, 21, because I think you, you know, we know his yeah. arguments about earlier on in the mm. season and, and the, how underlying performances weren't matched by results. And he'll say, go out and prove that, you know, you're not going to take this line down. And, you know, so I, I think that that, that will be a, a use. I, I actually think that'd be a, a useful thing for him to have at his disposal going into a period where, it may well have been that there were a few players or the mentality might have been, I wouldn't say complacency or anything like that, but it might have been a belief that, you know what, we're on mid-table side now, mm. so we don't have to worry about mm. what's going on. 
Um, so I don't, I don't think the, I don't think there'll be any issue on the pitch. Mm. The only thing, the only place, the only position that worries me, mm. um, I think, is in a longer term perspective, is that we know that this is still quite a Fredbear squad. Uh, we know it's still very heavily reliant on a handful of players to make the only system it's really got work. work yeah. um, and that isn't a criticism of the club. Like mm. I think the job that uh, you know, Kevin Farwell and Sean Dyche have done to, to kind of get everything on a positive trajectory is very, very good. They're just dealing mm. with the circumstances in which they can, they can operate at the minute. And that is, well, we can't furnish a squad with lots and lots of players and a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. And what they've done for a plan A is incredibly effective. Mm. Um, my only concern is obviously we're going to head into December now. It's a very, very difficult December. Eight games, lots of very challenging opposition. Um, and if you were to see one or two of those clubs in that relegation pitch start to finally get their house in order, mm. which looks like a long way off at Bournemouth, we're just starting to show mm. a few signs of it. Um, you know, and, ever, and weren't to get an immediate kind, they weren't to continue the form that they had going into this international break. Maybe you know, a couple of players were on four bookings, so there's going to be a few periods where mm. big players are out suspended. Uh, they're going to come up against you know strong opposition, and that's 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 my only worry. If yeah. that maybe midway through December or a little bit onwards, it goes less about it's us against the world. It becomes more about you know it's the world is against okay, us. Course, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. Mm. Hopefully, Evan don't deserve neither the fans nor the club. The players don't deserve it to get to that point because mm. of the hard work already done and the progress they've already shown. They deserve the buffer that they have built up for December, so that if they had a couple of bad results, you know, they could play very, very well and still lose mm -hmm. in several of those games coming up in <clears> December. They they deserve to have the cushion that they built up. It's been yeah. taken away from them. Um, but my only concern is if, if, if that happens, if you end up in a really, really grueling December and all of a sudden the table doesn't get better as quickly as you think it would do, mm. then going into January, after will probably still be operating on a budget, whereas you would think Burnley and Bournemouth haven't had relatively recent takeovers might look to kind of spend a little bit more to try and get mm. their way out of it but you know I think Everton do stay up ultimately yeah, yeah. Um, the question is probably at what point do they stay up this season mm. I think they've got Everton suggests they could still do it relatively comfortably yeah. but we know that yeah, we know that the positive steps as positive as they've been have been tentative and are fragile so far but hopefully they get the opportunity to do what I think has been the club's chief ambition this season mm. and that is get to a point where Kevin Fowler can prepare for a Premier League season from Easter onwards so we can get a head start so almost whatever their budget's going to be isn't an, isn't as big an issue because you know they'll be able to start looking at the free transfer market have conversations with players and you know because next summer represents such a, an incredible opportunity for Everton to overhaul their playing squad mm. probably the first summer that Kevin Fowler can really do that mm. and help build on the progress it looks like it's been made um, I hope that isn't taken away from the club and I think there's a fair argument from the club if it was to say that the nature of this punishment almost means that it's being double triple punished because you know they might lose the opportunity through this points deduction to plan forward plan mm. for a more sustainable future at the back end of this season and also of course I think it's probably you know, it's highly likely that it will cost them a few places in the league. It might Matter be a difference between 13th yeah. and 16th or something like that. And, you know, with every place is £2 million mm -hmm. or so of merit payments. And, you know, when we're talking about £19.5 million over a four-year period here being the difference of 10 points, well, you know, six, seven million pounds in one season exactly. is clearly a big thing. And, and that's where they have, all, have an argument to say that the same punishment, which is aimed to deter clubs from being financially responsible, is also holding back clubs that have had difficult finances from moving forward because you're taking away that opportunity from them. Mm, absolutely.
It's a very long answer to that question. No, no, sorry. It's, listen, there's no quick <laughs> answers, and I'm sure we'll have you on again, Joe, as we move through this process. Mm. To, well, I hope we do. Uh, as we move through this process to um, to its conclusion, and hopefully Everton will be given some points back, which yeah. will which will aid in those things you've just said, make us a little bit more comfortable in what we're doing, and, and obviously a couple of places mm. I gets that four million quid back or whatever, which which at the moment has been taken because it does feel like. As well as an excessive point thing, they did say we're not giving you any financial thing because we've gone. Yeah. But we've gone from four fifteenth down to second to bottom, so quite clearly, all of those places are a financial punishment as well. So hopefully, Everton do battle and scrap their way out of this, uh, not only on the pitch but off the pitch yeah. as well, and and get a punishment that we all have to just take on the chin, but one that isn't quite so harsh. Huge thank you to Joe for coming in. Keep reading this stuff. Award-winning journalist. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, let us know what you think in the comments section below. Uh, is the points total excessive? Let us know what you think. I'm quite sure there'll be fans of other clubs <laughs> saying, no, it should have been more. Whatever. There you go. Uh, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't. See you later.